It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blanket double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters, and welcome to the end of the 2020-2021 Premier League season, the fantasy Premier League season as well. Both of them, Brandon, they, they're twinned, you know, they're paired together like like binary stars, Brandon. They, uh, wow, is this the opening yeah. of Gemini, man? <laughs> uh, the fantasy season's over. It was a wild, well, it was a, cool. clearly it was a wild season. I mean, we had yeah. triple game weeks, we had canceled matches, we had no fans for 36 weeks we had uh uh we had good times and bad um i had many more good times than bad uh you had more bad times than good <laughs> yeah. uh, so somehow it all evens out in the end you know like yeah uh, equally we we finished 50 50 when you combine our good and bad together I more think. twinning yeah although you had a nice little close so yeah. uh this week's pod is it's our final pod for I don't know. At least a few weeks. I mean, we are. I think we're pretty committed to not doing Euro fantasy content. I, that is, neither of us are just have it in us to do it. We've done it before, and it's a mad scramble. We did uh, Women's World Cup stuff a couple of years ago. We did uh, we did Euros four years ago, I guess. The World Bundesliga Cup, last summer. Bundesliga last summer. We did the World Cup game, and you know, I think we committed to that for like a week and a half before we just kind of bailed on it. And then we just started talking about the world. It was like, you know, so maybe we'll do some pods. Where we just talk about the euros, uh, you know, which you can take or leave. But uh, I, I think that the plan right now is to, after this pod, um, you know, we're going to take stock of the season right now. talk about things we want to improve for next year. Right. So I want to look ahead a little bit um, and, uh, and look back. Sometimes you got to look back to look forward, Brennan. Isn't that what I always say? I've said that on 
hundreds of pods. I'm sure. It's true. Yeah, yeah. You say something about uh, you say something about that. I'm sure you do, uh, but you don't look back in anger. And <laughs> no. I will make an Oasis no. reference, an obvious one, in honor of Manchester City, the Premier League champions. Yeah, yeah. The interestingly enough, uh, one of the more uh, least dramatic finishes um, of any of the any of the leagues in Europe this year. You know, uh, you had the. Uh, uh, I mean, of course, Bayern uh, rolled as usual, but uh, I was I was really in, in sort of like I, I was following all of these various European leagues this year. I mean, Inter Inter, you know, uh, won their title pretty early, but um, uh, Lille or LOSC, I guess, as they say in France, that was very cool to see them uh, pull it up by one point. They had a two one win yesterday to to hold off PSG, uh, and then of course uh, Atleti too um, on Saturday, which was. Another dramatic, I mean, Luis Suarez with a late goal. Now they were able to hold off Real Madrid. Lots of disrespected Premier League strikers. Now, Luis Suarez wasn't exactly disrespected when he was at Liverpool, but uh, Barcelona certainly uh, said, don't let the door hit you on the way out. And he went on yeah. and, and won the title with Atleti, as you said. But I do also want to give a special mention to Romelu Lukaku, mm-hmm. a fantasy FPL legend in his own right for his exploits at Everton and he certainly was not given his due respect, I think, uh, yeah. um, by by many followers of the league when he was here. So just really phenomenal to see yeah. him excel in Serie A. And Renato Sanchez, who, uh, if you may remember him as a Swansea City flameout a few years ago, Renato Sanchez uh, picked up the, uh, I think he like came over from Bayern or he's on loan from Bayern or something like that. It was a total flop though uh, in the Premier League. And he picked up the assist. He's kind of resurrected his career. He picked up the assist in the the first goal for Lille. And Tim Way, uh, Tim Way, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, is that how you say it? Way, way, whatever it is. Uh, we should probably know that. Potato, potato, Josh. Let's just move on. <laughs> uh, he he uh, was on the bench for, I don't know why I'm talking so much international uh, football here. Anyway, you're getting so, ready for, you're already in Euros mode, right? I, I mean, know, uh, Tim I, Way is not going to play in the Euros, but uh, I'm on, that, that's where we are. I'm on the beach a little bit today. I've got to be honest with you. So um, so let's talk yeah, we're, about we're, we're podcasting yeah. without a net right now, Josh. Usually yeah. we have copious notes in front of us, and uh, this is just going to be freestyle. Yeah. This is this is uncut, Josh and Brandon, today. Little bit in summer vacation mode. I, I planned to put together running order, and then I, I honestly couldn't do it. It was like that feeling when you, once you you finish your finals as a senior in high school, and you're like, well. I know I technically still need to keep going to school, but <laughs> right, every 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 creative writing class that I took where I turned in a story that I had written like for another <laughs> class, I'm like, oh, I'll just pretend like this is new. <laughs> I wrote it yesterday. I'm shocked you did that. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm too worried about getting caught. Um, so let's talk about game week 38 first. Uh, we both had a couple of goals for, for ourselves um, to wrap up the season. You really wanted to kind of just like right the ship, right? You had three green arrows going into 38 and you wanted to finish inside the top 200K. And for context, I think it was after game week 30, like going into game week 35, you were close to 300K, I believe. And so I think, you know, you really, you you know, I mean, shaving 100,000 off this late in the season is not an easy feat, right? So that was was sort of the goal for you. Yeah, I think the goal... that's exactly right. My goal was uh, less about the overall rank and more just to get a little bit of my self-respect back. Mm-hmm. And the that was not going to boil down to where I finished on rank, where I finished in my mini leagues. I just wanted to get a little, bo- little bit more confidence in my fantasy management before I took a whole summer off. It's sort of like 
like if you're if you're a Leicester player right now, you you won the FA Cup, but now you're gonna live this summer with the sting of again falling out of the top four. And I'm sure they couldn't uh, sleep last night. Like I, I can't imagine. I, I can't either. And so just to, to, to have a little bit of a positive vibe, a good green arrow run going into the summer, I think is going to put me in a better mental state when we start getting into game week one territory for yeah. next season. So I, and it was like, it was a perfect roller coaster ride of a game week 38 for me because um, I set my captain as Patrick Bamford and it was just so perfect of this season for me that as we were walking to the black horse together you were you stopped dead in your tracks because you had just brought Patrick Bamford in yelled in the middle of the sidewalk and expressed that Patrick Bamford was on the bench and I I just I just like shook my head thinking oh this is so classic yeah um but but in a perfect positive make fantasy fun again spin it all ended up working in my favor I took a minus four to go for Sadio Mane and Joe Willock. Now, I had no real long-term plan. I mean, long-term, I guess, is like over the course of the week, mulling over my 38 transfers to mm-hmm. bring in Joe Willock. But he was a man in form, fit the price bracket, any game. And uh, I can't remember if it was him or Rafinha's assist, which were my first uh, actual points of the game week. But Willock scores, Mane gets his brace, Harry Kane, goal and an assist, and then Patrick Bamford comes on for a ceremonial penalty, which writes everything. And I finished on hashtag nice 69 points, uh, less than minus four, and that put my OR uh, just above 185K. So that definitely wasn't the goal when we started the season. Sure, of course, of course. uh, On the whole, um, I feel like I – it's like I forget there was a point – in this season, like if you go back to game week, uh, game week eight, I was at 3.6 million. And that was in a, in a series of uh, six, six out of seven game weeks, red arrows, just tumbling. And then I just went on this incredible streak. And it, it's, in, it's, it's so easy to forget this middle portion of the season where I was actually managing well and climbing yeah. all the way up as high as uh, I think it was like around 135 K. Um, so I, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that, um, you know, I, I did have a, a decent run in the season. It was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't get it over the finish line. So later in the episode, we're, we're going to have to kind of talk about, you know, more lessons we learned this season. I have a few yeah. thoughts about what I might be able to do to do differently. Yeah, that I I I, I want to talk about that a little bit myself. I, um, you know, um, I well, it's sort of interesting. I mean, I I, I finished on um, I you know, I guess I, I mean, in the end, I can't really complain about my transfers. I brought in Sadio Mane and Patrick Bamford, um, and uh, you know, Bamford scored. Maneo got up. Sadio Maneo, uh, Sadio Mane got uh, the the brace. Um, but in the end, I, I finished on sixty points and. Um, and picked up a uh, a red arrow. It was my third red arrow in a row to end the season. So, I, you know, I mean, I, you know, looking, I don't know, like, give me two weeks or like a week, and I'm going to be super happy with how the season went. Yeah. At the moment, I it's hard not to feel like I, I just made, you know, I just, I, I, honestly, I, I, so much of it goes back to my wild card when I played a few weeks ago, and I just, I did not set myself well enough up for the stretch run, and so I, I, you know, I had to burn points, you know, twice in the last 
three weeks and and I ended up with you know just a, a defense and a forward line that just weren't really set up well for game week 38 and I I, I really you know I just should have brought in Kane a couple of weeks ago and started Calvert Lewin and that was really uh, you know just ended up costing me the top spot in a few mini leagues and so I you know I, I really again I can't complain but um, but I, you know, just, I, I'm just, you know, to be t- totally truthful and honest, um, mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little disappointed, you know, yeah. at, you know, in, in, at the moment. Um, but, uh, you know, I won the 50 buck cup, which is always important to me. It stings, yeah. Josh, it stings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, we were, we were, uh, tied what, like three apiece. I of course mm-hmm. bailed on the fifty buck cup last season because it was crooked. <laughs> I didn't care for the restart. Yeah, where that yeah. where that where that put me. So yeah. um, I let I let that one go. I'm not going to let this this one go as easily. Uh, but yeah, so in the fifty buck cup, I won our our kind of long standing mini league, the inspiration for for us starting this podcast to begin with. So you know, a lot went well. I think it was just. Um, you qualified for the Generals Elite sixty four. Yeah, I'm excited about that. That yeah. that'll be fun. You know, like that feels like a good. That's a that's a fun. Um, you know, that's like a. I mean, just everyone in that league is is you know a hugely experienced manager. And, and you know, I mean, I, and I guess like I mean, you know, in some ways, I feel like I like you know, I'm like oh, like I don't know what I what I'm doing in there, but you know, it is my you know, this season is the fourth time I finished in the top five thousand. You know, I mean, four You're top such 5, a pretender. Finishes. You're such a pretender, Josh. <laughs> You know, but it's a little like imposter syndrome that creeps in, right? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, four top five thousand finishes and uh, two finishes in the top four thousand in the last three years. So you yeah. know, clearly, um, um, it's it's been a nice run. So so that that feels good. You're a man in form. Yeah, I guess you could liken your finish to the season as like Thomas Tuchel's finish in the Premier League, where <laughs> you know you qualified for the Champions League despite yourself, and you know when yeah. you, you you do have to consider it a. A great season for Chelsea at the, at the end of the day. Totally. I, I think it was just, you know, I mean, obviously, Brendan, you you are not technically allowed to have cash leagues. And so, uh, so Never for, the record, for the record, our 50 buck cup refers again to uh, the uh, number of deers that we mm. catch on our hunting trips. Yeah, we're both um, Michigan boys. We're all about hunting Michigan culture. Boys, exactly. Our, our league is called the Elks Lodge, Brandon. So, they <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah. Um, and, uh, but let's, let's say there were a couple of cash leagues that I was in, which of course I'm not because that's not you know, technically allowed, Brandon, but yeah, if I, I love, if, I love yeah. a good thought experiment. I'm with you. Yeah. As, as a thought experiment, it's possible that in the waning minutes of yesterday's matches, I lost a little more than $2,000. Uh, and just a, a time wasting yellow card alone was worth $900 again, all in theory, Brandon. Uh, but this, <laughs> these were things that could have happened in a world where there was some money on the line. So, you know, that it, like, but you know, in the end, very happy with how things finished for sure. And I want to talk about the season um, in more depth and, and talk about what went right and wrong uh, in a minute. But um, I don't want to give the impression that I'm not absolutely delighted because it's, it was a great season. I honestly had a lot of luck too. I mean, you know, um, it's, it's, you know, you, you, the luck maybe balances out a little bit in the end. Maybe I was a little unlucky down the stretch, but I also got 17 points from Stuart Dallas off the bench, you know, at one point, <laughs> 10 weeks ago. So you yeah, Car- karma, karma, much like, um, yep. Much like it follows, had been searching for your fantasy team for for the month <laughs> since that had happened. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's very easy to focus on anything that went not great uh, or less than ideal down the stretch, and and forget all the times when things went well. I mean, just it's just the you know the the bad beat stories or whatever. That is, that, that's the stuff that you. Um, Unfortunately, it's the way our brains work, right? You sort of focus on that stuff more. But well, yeah, and I, I think it's something that we talk about periodically through the season, where listeners reach out and say, "I'm having a poor season. I'm not sure what my goal should be." And whether you're having a good season or a bad season, 
wherever you are, you're your 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 thinking and your targets change based on where you are and if right. you're having a great season it's not like okay it's game week 20 and i've achieved my goal now I, now <laughs> now i have yeah. nothing left to shoot for it's like you're having a great season you have to keep setting new goals new targets to keep yeah. improving so of course um you know, think, you, you stand to lose something at that point, even though you have a great season. I think that's exactly um, that's exactly the right way to put it, because, um, you know, I mean, once I got I was at twenty five hundred three weeks ago, I finished at thirty eight hundred. I mean, clearly there's nothing uh, to feel bad about, but it was three consecutive red arrows and three red arrows in a row. Just you're always a little disappointed in that, no matter again, just because you recalibrate no matter where you are. So, um, of course, uh, in aggregate, I feel I feel really good about uh, how yeah. the season. Ends. So anyway, let, let's let's. I don't know why that, that sounded weirdly down. I'm actually very happy with, <laughs> with how the season ended. Um, let's let's talk about some of the other uh, leagues before we get into you know kind of like more of our season review. So, um, Brennan, do you want to do you have it pulled up or I can pull it up if you don't have it already? Uh, the the top ten in the Always Cheating Super League. I absolutely do. Let me read them out here and just a fantastic season for twenty more than twenty thousand managers around the world in the Super League this season, which is incredible. You know, we've got to get up to fifty thousand next season, Josh. I think that's the goal. So um I mean we obviously don't know <laughs> all twenty thousand of you, but there are some super elite managers who are who are hanging around in the Super League. And I will I would love to read off everybody's name, but just starting in tenth place We've got Joel Easley, and in ninth, hold on, I have to blow this up because uh, you know I've got some dim lighting here today, <laughs> Josh. Uh, Divininish Bordia in ninth place. In eighth, we have Harzi's Zahan, uh, Harzik Zahan, uh, Zoltan Vago, the winner of our Patreon league, is there in seventh place. In sixth, way, I think that's Hazik Zahin, Brandon. You might need to do the, uh, the old Control Plus on, <laughs> oh on your God. computer there. <laughs> all right, all right. Let, let me let me start again. At, at, at tenth place, we've got Joel Easley, uh, Divhansh Bordia in ninth place, Haziz, Hazik Zahin in eighth place. Did I get that right? Better, better. better. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zoltan Vago in seventh place. In sixth, it's Jan Kepski. In fifth place, Arka Das, the champ. A very presumptuous name there. Not quite the champ this season, but we do give you plaudits for finishing in fourth in the Super League. In third place, Matt Carvel. In second, it's Vegard Knudsen. And in first place, hailing from Norway, it's Finn Sally, Finn Castle City. Fun fact about Finn and the Always Cheating Super League, Josh, overall world rank for Finn was 39 at the end of the day. And when I go back to the alwayscheating.com league page, you can see our Hall of Fame of all previous winners of the Super League. Last season, Alex Coates was in the top spot of the Super League. World rank, 39. Mm, coincidence. Wow. Two, the, the last two winners of the Super League both ranked 39 in the world at the end of the season. Very and my birthday was last week, and I turned 39. Wow, so there's the there triptych. Okay. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's all, That's... Uh, everything comes in threes. <laughs> uh, well, let, let's do, uh, you know, a, a shout out to, um, 
to Matt Marks and Mikey Yuong also, who who were the finalists in the uh, our, our producers in Volkswagen Patreon League, and Mikey was uh, able to pull out the win in the end and finish in the top 10k to boot. So, uh, congratulations to Mikey, and uh, that's a league that it's a head-to-head league that we started exclusively for our producer and Volkswagen patrons, which are the two um, top tiers in the Patreon League. So, if you want to take part in that next season, uh, make sure you get in before the season kicks off, because as as uh, as you probably know, uh, the head-to-heads you need to be in um, at the start of the season. So, uh, and then I'm going to read off Brandon just the top five in the uh, the always cheating uh, Patreon league as well. So, yeah. uh, in fifth is uh, actually let's do the top seven, okay? Because uh, I've been pronouncing her name wrong on the the podcast all season. Yeah. So we're going to go down to uh, Neve Wallace in seventh, Brandon. N i a m h. It's just not a name that we have a lot. <laughs> A lot, a lot of in the We're UK. not going to take the L on that one, Josh. All right, Neve, you know, we, we appreciate you correcting us, uh, our pronunciation, for which we are famously terrible. Uh, but I'm not going to take the L on that one, though. Um, what a great season, Neve. Uh, awesome. Yeah, Nevarius Slam in sixth, uh, David Faulkner Bendixson in fifth, uh, Gunnar Lemmerman in fourth, in third is Oystein Landro, in second is Chris Tangay, and in first, as mentioned already once in the pot, is Zoltan Vago. Congrats to Zoltan. Very cool guy. He didn't ask us anything on the Slack. Uh, and uh, just, just a great guy. The Slack really, I, congratulations to, to James Bishop, who won the last man standing. I am just so impressed with... I don't know if it's because of the pandemic and everyone being home or not. And I, I don't mean to turn this, this opening section into do a, just a big Patreon shout out. But um, you, if you really are looking for like a sense of community, I, I highly recommend getting in and, and spending the $3, Brandon. It's nothing, you know, the $3 <laughs> to, uh, to join the, uh, the always cheating Patreon league and get on that Slack and talk with people because it, it's just the nicest group of people. And it's, yeah. everyone's super smart and friendly. And there's just like wheels within wheels and fun leagues and conversations. And there's just like no jerks. I don't know how there's no jerks on there. So if you're a jerk, maybe don't do it, but, um, <laughs> we know you're out there listening and, uh, you know, yeah. we appreciate you hitting play. Yeah. Um, I appreciate not having to interact with you. Uh, you can be a jerk if you want, just yeah. don't, don't, don't come to yeah. my house. So I'll make this a, yeah. And, and we'll, I guess we'll just make this a very quick Patreon shout out. So patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go to support the podcast. And uh, yeah, congrats to everyone who won the various leagues. Brennan and I are going to send out some, some custom uh, mugs and, or any kind of merch really. We'll talk to the winners about that. And um, yeah. So yeah. And, and you know, if you, uh, as a note, once again, uh, we are going to take at least a month off. So uh, anyone who supports the podcast, you, you can become a Patreon supporter anytime, but if you support the podcast uh, in that month of June, um, that is going to be a free month for all of our Patreon supporters. We're going to suspend Patreon for that month. So, uh, you Josh, know, we it, don't, you know, we, we don't talk, uh, maybe we don't talk enough about it, but we certainly don't talk a lot about mental health on this podcast. So yeah, we're going to take a, a month just for our sanity, right. but I, I have to, I have to tell you the, uh, the upgrade in my mental well being when that game week 38 deadline passed was, it was palpable. It yeah. truly was. You were, <laughs> you were really struggling this year. I mean, I, I know it. I know you were not having a lot of fun this year. I was also super excited. I was back, back in the city. Uh, you and your your lovely wife put me up on an air mattress the night before our uh, Black Horse visit. Mm-hmm. And then we got to the Black Horse with a bunch of fully vaxxed people. We got to see Brian and Josie, who own the place. We saw Jazz, the best football bartender on the planet. Mm-hmm. And we just had a great crew there to watch the games and feel normal. So yeah. um, I'm just going to shout out a couple more names and then we can 
hit hit a break here, but uh, Adam, who who helped organize the group, Michelle, who came all the way down from upstate, um, really enjoyed meeting Michelle, Danny, Alex, Toby, Brandon, Nick, uh, and just as always, a great time had by all at the Black Horse. Absolutely, and I'm sure a lot of people are feeling that way. I mean, across the country, I know England is is you know really finally emerged under their lockdown. They, they had a lockdown unlike anything we had in the U.S. Um, so, I mean, maybe in certain pockets, I mean, New York was pretty locked down, but I, a lot of the lot of places in New York obviously, or in America obviously weren't. But, uh, you know, I know that for me, uh, being with friends and, and really not thinking about COVID once, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I can't, I mean, I really feel like for two hours. I- we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed didn't think about it once and like <laughs> how, how many of us go through like an hour without it coming up right like you yeah. know it, it just it's ever present and so that felt very real having fans in the in the stands for the last couple of matches was was great i mean we, we haven't recorded uh a main feed podcast since you know uh, since before game week 37 you know because it was a midweek mm-hmm. match so you know those that was just a, a great experience um seeing everybody there and i i had forgotten that what you really get and they just I, get, I suppose it makes sense because it just seems like a weird thing to do if you're going to pump in fake crowd noise. But the the overwhelming noise that the supporters make in the stands is booing. It is negativity and booing <laughs> and jeering and insulting chants. Boo earns, Josh. Boo earns. I just didn't realize how inauthentic the fake crowd noise was until I heard the fans back. And it is just it is hostility. And I, I don't know why, but there's something about that like hostility that just gives everything like a little bit of extra like edge and like kind of fire you know if we ever have another pandemic i think they the premier league needs to spend a little cash on getting uh robot prosthetic arms in the stands to just do (laughs) wanker signs uh the the entire time yeah it's got to be meaner you know if they have to do it again (laughs) all right so on on that note let's take a break we're gonna get back and do a season wrap-up This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe your fantasy team is distracting you from other important parts of your life. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, expertise that may not be locally available in many areas. And BetterHelp is worldwide. 
You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com cheating. That's better H-E-L-P and join the more than 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And here's a special offer for Always Cheating listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com cheating. All right, Brandon, we're back. FPL 2020, 2021. One thing that came up that's sort of interesting is uh, there was quite a jump in uh, points. And in this question that you and I had talked about, um, I, I think I, I ended up finishing with like almost two, like it was like 230 more points I scored this season than I did last season. Um, and I finished you know, like 77 K last year. It wasn't like I had, you know, a, a terrible season or anything like that. So, you know, it's the interesting question about whether the level has like really jumped um, or if it was just that you were able to maximize, uh, captaincies and there were more double game weeks and more opportunities to, I mean, it was probably a little bit of both, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just had more people at home, right? Like, you know, it's interesting because I I feel like what you lost this year was you lost a kind of casual fan. Like you lost um, the work league person a little bit, right? Like it's a much bigger issue in the UK than it is here, obviously. But even here, I felt like we had a lot of people just, you know, we had a friend, uh, our friend Mike, who we invited to um, the league this year. And, you know, he got eight weeks in or whatever. He was like, I don't even know what's going on, you know? And it was like, we had like the yeah. first, you know, it was like, it's like he's rescheduling and double game weeks. And, he was and like, he's like, a proper yeah. Arsenal fan too. It's not like he's a, a stranger to the league. He's like yeah. a bigger sports fan than you and I. Totally. And, totally. and he, he, he just, it, it was fantasy in a way that just couldn't compute. <laughs> yeah. And I have, I have often said that as an American, uh, when I discovered, cause I, I am a, um, I was a, you know, 10 years ago when, when we, got really into Premier League fantasy. I was a retired NFL fantasy player. So I had done fantasy and I I, I didn't like the way that in the NFL fantasy would just kind of consume my my Sundays, you know. Yeah. I'd spend, you know, I mean, you know, in the, in, in America, you know, the you have the one o'clock games, four o'clock games, then you have an evening game that's on Sunday. Now, of course, they have Monday, you know, they have, they have Thursday night games as well. And of course, you know, they've always had Monday night football. So, um, so you're, you're, you're just looking at like this, like 15 hour block, you know, an NFL game is three and a half, four hours. And so, um, you know, when I found Premier League fantasy, I was like, oh, this is amazing because, most of the games that are on at 10 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. Like the Saturday games that are at 10 a.m., you, you'll have like one marquee game on at 1230, right? But, you know, um, you can often like record it, right, or whatever, right? Because it'll be on NBC or something. Um, and then, you know, you're like, it's two o'clock on a Saturday and you are done. Like your, your sports commitments are over for the day. And, you know, maybe Sunday it's, you know, the, the premier match is on at 11 and you're done by one. Right. And like that, and that's it, you know? And so it was a sort of fun thing where you get to be, you basically woke, you, you know, it's like the NBC kind of, 
ran with this as like a promo, but it was like, you know, coffee in the Premier League. You know, you wake up at 7.30 a.m. and you watch your games and, you know, you watch them with your family and then you kind of go do other stuff. And and so um, this year was was just so different, though, because, you know, they put these matches on um, all at different times. So, um, from you know, from a from a TV perspective, I understand why they did it, um, because why not? Right. Everyone's home and mm-hmm. you've got this, you know, you can you can turn eight hours into 10 hours of, of content with, with commercial breaks. Um, but you know, it, you know, in, from a fan's perspective, like a regular fan's perspective, I'm sure it was great. Uh, but from a fantasy perspective, it meant that I was just sweating every game so much. I mean, it's, it's so much more fun. You, I, it's not so much of when things go well, it's great, but when things don't go well, as we saw yesterday, it doesn't hurt as much when there's <laughs> so many things happening. Yeah. You know, there's all these other games happening. Right. But when you're just sitting there watching a player and your team lose their clean sheet in the 70th minute or whatever, you're just like, well, like this stinks. <laughs> and I got 20 more minutes to watch this dumb game. You know, it's sort of, uh, yeah. I mean, you can't escape the way you it, it, it's so true. I, I going back to the point you were making about the points totals being notably high this season. When I think about uh, the arc of this season, or the or not the arc, of, um, but more the the mini narratives throughout, it was so interesting how, if particularly if you you take West Ham as as an example, there was the Thomas Suchek moment that had a clear beginning, middle, and end. There was the Jesse Lingard moment that had a distinct beginning, middle, and end. I feel like this season was just filled with players who we all, you know, uh, the FPL managers who were paying attention got on them, got their points, the points dried up, and we all moved on, and we didn't have to think about them anymore. I don't know if you could put DCL or Iannaccio in that, in those categories. Certainly, I think there was, you know, you know, Kane wins the golden boot and the, the playmaker award. However, I think in, and you definitely capitalized on this moment earlier in the season where it was the, it was the Hungman son and Harry Kane show. And even though Kane's points steadily took throughout the season, there was a clear moment in which we were all just racking up on those two, uh, uh, getting FPL points and that did come to completion. So I think uh, th- which that sounded very naughty, I understand, but um, <laughs> I think the season is going to be marked by players and teams who had distinct moments. And so I think what, how that then manifests itself in FPL points is it's easy for us to identify that, collect the points and then move on to wherever the points are. It's not like you have players that, um, that are getting points and then you have to hold on to them through a drought. Maybe Bruno is, was that player this yeah. season or Sala for that matter. Um, but more often than not, I think we were able to kind of follow the points uh, more than other seasons. Yeah. I, it was interesting. It was sort of, um, it felt a little cleaner um, at times. Um, I, I agree with that, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, the question that I, I guess the more interesting question uh, I, I think is, um, whether I mean this, this is a debate I just thought revived again today on on social media and you and I talked about this a little in the Patreon pop but I think we should talk about it here as well because I think it's an interesting discussion which is um, what you know what should your standard be going into the season right when we started doing this podcast what six years ago um, the goal was um, top ten k right get in the top ten k that was kind of a standard goal that everyone 
you know, approached it with. But when we started playing, there were three or four million managers. We have added about twice as many now, right? We've got yeah. more than eight million managers have played the season. Now, granted, of course, those those managers don't all stay active all thirty eight weeks, but neither did they when there were four million, right? <laughs> so you know, before you had four million and two would stick around, now you've got eight million and, and three or four million stick around. You know, mm-hmm. so you, you still have a, it's just a larger pool of of people, um, and so I think it is harder to to crack the top. 10k than it used to be but I, i'm curious if you think it is significantly harder or just um or whether it's not i don't know i mean what do you what do you think well if you look at my season history uh yeah i, I like two seasons ago right it's the 2018-19 season my I, my or when we finished was 10,643 though that is sandwiched between um, two 100 plus ORs for those seasons. Prior to that, my ranks are are much more consistent, uh, you know, uh, almost uniformly in the top 50 K. Um, so I, I just looking at my personal history, I'm of two minds. I'm either thinking um, it's gotten more difficult for me to achieve a better OR or I've also been thinking about this in terms of my own biases as an FPL manager. And I'm wondering, like, as you, you know, Nick Cummings, who you, uh, you would know on as trigger lips online, mm-hmm. he's a bit of a fire starter, but he's, you know, you go, you go back in time, he had a, he had a pretty good FPL pedigree and um, was, is a really cogent FPL thinker. And at some point he just kind of, his head exploded and he was like, I can't take this anymore. And I think what happens is if, as people play fantasy, um, for a long time, I think sometimes the, you're, you start to rot a little bit. You become so bogged down by biases or, or patterns that you you can't break. And so I'm wondering if, yeah, there are more players playing the game. There is more information than ever. There's more strategy out there for people to follow. But uh, so I do think that that plays into it. But I also wonder, like us, um, you know, if I'm starting to feel like an old dog and um, I need to, I need to sort of shed some mental FPL baggage. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I think so, to be honest. I mean, I, I don't mean to, you know, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I have my own biases that I have to work on, but I, I think, yeah, I think, um, the, um, you know, I think, I think a lack of optimism, if I were to identify mm-hmm. a, a thing in your game that you could work on, which I've said to you before, you yeah. know, is, is just that, like, I, I felt like, uh, you know, if you go back to those really positive season, I, I feel like, I could probably find a lot of episodes, you know, sort of moments where um, you were like really just down on leads, for example, like they're all terrible. They're crap, you know, and it's sort of and it's like yeah. it, it just took you like a long time to be like, actually, maybe they're maybe they're not bad, you know, or maybe they're mm-hmm. like decent fantasy, at least, you know. And so um, I don't know. I mean, I think that you've got to take the, uh, you know, the X-Files Mulder and Scully. You have to take the Mulder approach to fantasy. You have to want to believe. Yeah. Maybe you maybe you can't see the alien life form, though. We're yeah. talking about UFOs more than ever. now, yeah. Josh. Yeah. But yeah, I think maybe my team name next season, it has to be something like that. Like I want to believe. Yeah. My my problem is less strategic. I mean, my problem is, is that is is more of the mental thing that that, you know, I, I just get so. Uh, angry 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'll just watch these matches and, uh, you know, if I'm having the wrong day, you know, I mean, I'll just be on Twitter, just, just like breathing fire, you know? And if anyone at replies me and expresses displeasure at me breathing fire, <laughs> I'm going to breathe more fire on them, uh-huh. you know? And it's like, it's something I'll have these days where I'm just, I've blocked 18 people, you know, and I've muted 25 more and I'm like, and it's like, you know, later have on, you, it's like, have that. you spoken to your mom recently, Josh, <laughs> yeah. since you blocked her? <laughs> no, but it's like, I always feel like it's the equivalent of like that anchorman thing, you know, after the big fight where it's like, phew, he's like, that really got out of hand, you know, <laughs> that escalated I, quickly, <laughs> escalated quickly. And I feel like that's often how I feel like that. Even I'm just like, what even happened to me there? You know, because I, I mean, you know, I think as you know, I mean, as someone who knows me, like, I mean, if I'm watching these matches and I get ticked off, I mean, you know, once the game is over and we're just talking, I, I'm not, I don't carry it with me. It's not like I'm like, you know, um, like a, just uh, it's like I'm inconsolable and have to go home and be sad. I just, I'm just in the moment. I'm too yeah. intense. Sometimes I come in too hot and I felt that way even yesterday morning, I was just really amped up and anxious going into those matches. And, um, it, it, it takes a, it's fun. I mean, it must be fun. Cause I, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I mean, of course playing is fun, but like that, that feeling must be kind of fun to me in a way, you know, because I am engaged. Like uh, you I'll, want I'll, stakes. You know. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. you enjoy gambling and uh, yeah. you, you, the, the action is the juice as Tom Sizemore yeah. says in heat. Yeah. But I, I want to be a little less like Mike Mattisau about it. You know, I don't want to be so like, uh, I don't want to be losing my, losing my head so much, you know, and, and especially, I mean, you know, you just heard me 20 minutes ago at the start of the pod, right? I finished 3,800 overall and I spent five minutes complaining, you know, yeah. it's like, it's just, you know, and so it's just like a, you know, so for me, that's, that's what I want to work on is, is not so much the, the strategy part of it, which I, I feel pretty confident about. It's the, um, it's, it's enjoying myself, you know, yeah. enjoying the matches more. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, but, you know, I think, um, <sighs> I do think that optimism is something that a lot of people could use more of. I mean, I, you know, I, we're talking about you just cause I think, I think you you could be well served by that, but I think it's true of a lot of people in general, which is just it's kind of fun. It's fun to like, to just be like, Oh yeah, they're, they're total crap. You know, like there's something kind of satisfying about it and mm-hmm. sort of like, a, um, it, it's like, it also like eliminates some choices, right? Like if you just sort of like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, uh, I'm just going to pick from this pool of teams, right? Cause the other ones are as terrible. Then it just like, it means you don't have to study up on an extra, extra 125 players or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that I've thought about this season that I've tried to do more of, and I, I found that when I don't do it, it comes back to haunt me. And I, and I, I'm thinking of Harry Kane here in particular um, and, and not picking him up in game week 35 uh, and going with son instead, who's, you know, son's a great fantasy asset, but he's not Harry Kane. You know, and um, and it was really between those two. I could get either one very easily. Um, I guess it was going to game week thirty six because um, that was the the blank right after the triple game week, um, right? I think anyway, it doesn't matter. But like you know, anyway, I, I was sort of coming down to like which players to get, and I was thinking about this this Fabio Borges. So Fabio Borges has has been in our league for a long time, but he's he's probably like, I mean, at this point, like I, he probably would have to be considered the single best fantasy premier league player out there i mean he's yeah yeah i'm not sure he's ever had a finish outside the top 10k you know i mean it's just incredible even this year i I think he finished like 1100 overall i mean he's just you know he's such an incredibly smart manager and he did an interview on the um on the fanciful scout where he was talking about how he he really um he had some line where he's like, I would never captain a player on a bottom half team, you know? And it's like, he, he really has this thing about like investing in like the absolute best players. And he doesn't, 
I, I'm sure. I mean, like, you know, everyone, you, you cannot fill your team up with Bruno Fernandez types. You have to be, again, you have to study up on the, all these other teams. You got to be smart. You know, Rob Holding is an example of a cheapy player on, on ultimately would end up being a mid table club, right? That like all of us could have had, any of us could have had Rob Holding, you know, and it would have been very, it would have helped uh, your team surely down the stretch, right? Yeah. Another seven points yesterday. It was the universal basic income of FPL. Yeah. And so when I was debating between, what ultimately came down to like DCL at home to Sheffield United or Harry Kane. Um, I ended up going with DCL cause I just kind of fell in love with that, that Sheffield United fixture. And I, in the moment I was sort of thinking, I was like, you know, like, I was like, I think if, if, this were, if I were Fabio Borges, I think I would go with Kane here, mm-hmm. you know, because that's just like, it's just invest in the absolute best player, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to try to do even more of that next season, you know, which is just sort of like when in doubt go with the absolute best player you know i mean that doesn't apply to like again at the margins when we're talking about you know your third defender or whatever but like yeah. um i think sometimes you fall in love with, like I, I, you being like the, every, all of us we fall in love with uh um these these dcl types but dcl is just not in the same category as hurricane hurricane's a superstar you know yeah yeah dcl was uh i i, I mean he, he's worthy of our adoration he had overall a good season and i think he'll yeah. be a great fit for England this summer, but he was kind of exposed for what he ultimately is at the end of the season as uh, a striker for Everton. I mean, yeah. Everton as a club were kind of exposed at the end of the season too. Of like, LOL, you you thought this was a top four club? Um, not yet. Not certainly not yet. Yeah, I had a my when I think back to my lowest point this season, I can remember uh kind of fishing for it was less that i was fishing for things to do it was i probably just had too much time on my hands right before a game week deadline and i went to look at a bunch of team reveals mm-hmm. a bunch of like personalities within the community revealing their team yeah and i i mean i think it's great to have access to that and it's good to see what really uh, strategic minds are doing but I became infected by the feeling of the fear of missing out and yeah. and all that stuff. And I I think that like coupled with when you're having um, a poor run of FPL form, suddenly you're you're sort of grasping for a solution. You're not playing your own game. And I think me not playing my own game became wildly out of control in that moment and i have felt i felt that acutely many times this season that do, do you ever like about what point of the season that you did that like uh, that? probably around game week 15 mm-hmm. um i think um i would suspect actually that can't be true i i think it was right around game week 11 there where i was saying earlier i landed around 3.6 million yeah. and um i think i think my my point there is is less the team reveal it's more i i had that feeling many times the 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 fear factor and that was that was something i was talking to you about when i was debating captaining bamford or sala in game week 38 and the only reason i was going to switch the armband to sala was i was terrified of being in the black horse with a bunch of people who had mo sala captain and if it went the wrong way for me and I had Bamford captain and everyone was having a great time with their Sala captaincy and Sala went off for a hat trick, yeah, I was just anticipating this miserable feeling. And so um, I, 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 was, I was fearful there. So on the one hand, you're totally right, Josh. There, there is a, 
to manage with optimism can save you from that. And also to just manage without fear and to accept that uh, yeah. some weeks are just not going to be your weeks. And yeah. I, I, as I kind of work through that, I felt so good captaining Bamford um, at the deadline because I knew full well that I believed in that choice and it was a choice that I was making. Yeah. Um, so um, that that's something I've been thinking a little bit about. Yeah. I, I think you're, I think you're onto something though, because I think um, I, I will say that I enjoy reading FPL content, but the kind of content you're talking about there is not the kind of content that I find that I get a lot out of. And I, I think that there, it, it has a place a hundred percent in like, you know, and this is a, I mean, this, this is, you know, this is done on, on, on scout and hub and, and all of these other places. So I'm not signaling any, any, anyone super out here, super useful <clears throat> sites with great tools that, yeah, yeah that we, exactly. we, we use and enjoy. Totally. Exactly. And, and people do this on YouTube, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of across the board. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I have found that it is the, it is the like kind of people talking about their philosophy. We've talked about Joe, um, Joe Lepper's uh, Meet the Manager series for Fantasy Football mm-hmm. Scout and how much, how, how valuable I found that over the years. And I, I, and I, I think this is why I gravitate towards the podcast form as well. And I just, to me, it's, it's like, you know, when it comes to getting good advice, it's like, it's, it's, it's a stray line in an interview about other stuff that, that's, that sticks with me, you know, a line about, you know, again, like this, the Borges thing, his, you know, that line about, about always going for, for quality and top half of the table, that was not the point of the article, right? It was like, it was, you know, I think it was like a team reveal kind of thing, but it was, you know, but it wasn't team reveal, but he was sort of talking about, you know, how he was setting up. I can't remember what what the context was, but it wasn't just like, here's how I'm rolling out this week. Um, And, but he just said it as an aside in this, in this line, but it it was, it really stuck with me. And, you know, I remember thinking about this, um, another line that that stuck out for me a a few years ago was an interview with uh, um, James Eggersdorf, where he, um, who was back by the way, he had a pretty good season this season. He kind of vanished and now he's back. I saw that he was a, he was a guy, uh, a lot of people who get really into fantasy decide that they want to become fantasy football content creators. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and there's, it's not a closed shop. Everyone's welcome to do it. But, um, but he was one of those people who rightly figured out, uh, that it was not, it made it less fun for him. Right. That Mm -hmm. he just like, and I think he's just kind of naturally kind of slick, you know? And so it almost made it worse. Right. Because it was like, he kind of knew how to use his, like, uses like his kind of innate abilities or, or, you know, production skills or whatever to kind of, to like really look professional. I felt like he like came out of the gate and it was like, Oh, this guy, like this guy is going to like do great. You know, it's like he was doing interviews and, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but then he was like, okay, I've gone too far and, uh, and I'm not even having fun with this anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's all, it's become all about content creation and talking to people and, and I'm not really enjoying playing fantasy. And so he kind of walked back from all of that stuff as far as I know. But anyway, he made fantasy yeah. fun again, Joshua. He did make fantasy fun again. Our, our credo, Brandon, this, this year, I, I'm so glad that we, we, I think, I think it started last summer when, 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 when the game restarted the MFFA ethos. I mean, it was sort of, I think intended initially as a, as a bit of a joke, a kind of a, a play on, uh, because, you know, the 2020 election was happening last summer. Yeah. And, uh, Donald Trump and his supporters, you know, have their, have their MAGA hats, right. Make America yeah. great again. So it was a little bit of a, of a little parody of, of that, you know, uh, MFFA, but it's sort of, at this point, I feel like it's really taken on a, a life of its own, you know? Um, and, and like, I, I feel like it's sort of the, 
defining ethos of the podcast at this point, right? Like yeah. make fantasy fun again, which, which, which is different for everybody. Like maybe make fantasy fun again is, is, is being all about the data. Right. And just, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and just, you know, anytime goal score odds and, 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 and looking at, you know, heat maps and whatever, maybe, maybe make fantasy fun again is that you're just never going to pick the most popular captain. Uh, maybe it means um, you're just not going to take the game that seriously. Maybe it means you're going to take one match off every, every Saturday that you would have watched otherwise, mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever that means for you um, think about how you can make it more fun. Right. And, and sort of, and that's just who, what this podcast is. Uh, I think, you know, it's, it's more about having fun than it is about, um, I mean, hopefully, you know, people listen to this podcast and get better at fantasy, but I I wouldn't say that that's my primary goal for doing the pod. My primary goal is to, um, just sort of talk about what it's like to be a manager, to, to, to be in this position where, I mean, you and I both have, you know, regular lives, you know, and we, but we're uh, weird. Semi-regular. Semi-regular, but we're just two guys from the Midwest and, uh, you know, who, who find ourselves completely obsessed with playing this game and playing it with all our friends. And, and, you know, I think most people listening are probably in that boat too, where they're like, they can't explain to their friends and family why they're <laughs> so into this. It's just, you know, they, they just got the bug for some reason. And what you were saying about uh, Fabio Borges, he writes an article, you pick up one sentence from this entire article that he's written. And right. It helps shape a certain philosophy that you bring to fantasy now. And yeah, we have to produce 45 episodes a year to generate one nugget uh, like that for <laughs> fantasy managers out there. So, yeah. you know, there's that's the reason that's why true. we generate so much content is we that's have true. to work that much harder to we produce a little nugget. Team, we had bus team the year before, yeah. and we had pure watch before that. So mm-hmm. we're slowly um, – but I was going to say the, the comment from uh, Jay, uh, from Eggersdorf was uh, – it was just, again, it was, I don't think it was not the point. It was part of an interview actually that he did, but he was talking about when it comes to picking captains and he was like, you can pick the captain that everybody's talking about. You can pick the captain that some people are talking about. You can pick the captain that a couple people are talking about, but you generally shouldn't pick the captain that nobody <laughs> is talking about. And I've I often thought, I think about that. And it's such a good rule of thumb. And of course it's a gamble. Like it's all a gamble. We don't know who's going to score and going to any weekend, yeah. but in general, there's a range of players who are likely to score. And, and, and being good at fantasy typically means that you are, you just have one foot in, in, in the world of, rational like decision making mm-hmm. like this player is more likely to score therefore i'm going to take him but just that idea of just like don't like you know don't go full maverick um as as our friend eric freeman says you know you can go go half maverick but don't go full maverick and, and it, could, it, it it seems like it's going to be fun but it actually ends up uh being kind of not fun and it actually goes exactly to what you and i were talking about yesterday because you were talking about um, Gilfie Sigurdsson and and you know, all of these moves that you made that ended up with you ended up with Joe Willock, yeah. right? And it was like it starts with like it's so ridiculous one, when you put it that way. Yeah, but it's like it's like it starts with you play, having like one player to be different, and then it's like, well, that's not really working. I have to get another player to be different, yeah. and then you're like, I have to keep doing this. It's like yeah. it's like I can it never I can never stop now. You know, okay. it's a it's totally yeah. a vicious cycle, and it, it you know it it is it is real logic. I look back at game week one of this season sitting you know getting a major sunburn on the roof of your apartment oh, building i remember and, well. yeah. um i captained Aubameyang against fulham in game week one and you captained mo salah mm-hmm. guess what happened you know you it's like you uh, uh uh putting putting your faith into dcl against sheffield united in game week 38 yeah it was a great fixture for arsenal but guess what was better 
Liverpool, I mean, I guess Liverpool had a real match against Leeds, but wow, I mean, that puts you in a really great um, yeah. starting position with uh, yeah. with Salah in game week one. So um, definitely hear yeah. you there. I think like the, that actually the, gets that, that gets something I was going to ask you about, too, because uh, you were talking earlier about about having this this, you know, kind of rough start and, and crawling, crawling out of a hole a little bit. And I, I was just curious what my rank was early on. So I was at 300 K after game week one, 550K after game week two, 575 to three. So, I mean, not great, but not terrible either. And I, I'm curious, what were your ranks after the first three weeks? Do you have your team, team up there? I do, yeah. So after game week one, I was at 1.2 million. And there that that could mean anything, right? Like, you know, after game week two, your 1.2 million rank could be, you know, 300,000. Sure, yeah. So then game week three, my rank is 3.187 million. Game week four, 3.6. My lowest rank then was game week eight, 3.633 million. And then... Yeah. What happens is a long series of green arrows. And I remember that that portion of my season being defined by just kind of steady as she goes, making sensible picks. Right. And I don't remember it fondly because I was just kind of being a little bit more um, mechanical about how I was managing my team. I had gone into crisis right. mode in the best possible way, right? In order right. to to fix a fantasy team, sometimes you just have to be as boring as possible. Right. And when I look at my game week, just my game week ranks, not my overall rank week to week, what what stands out to me is where I really get myself into a hole is when I, like in game week three, my game week rank was 6.1 million. Yeah. And I think I had uh, like five five game weeks this season where I had a five million plus game week rank. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if this is necessarily true, but I think what that points to is you, you kind of have to be a little average with your team selection to avoid yeah. weeks like that. And that way you can at least avoid a, a diabolical overall rank. Um, yeah. If you can just keep your game week average rank um, at a respectable level, then it's kind of easier to, to move yourself into a position it's toward the funny. end of the season. I just pulled up your team uh, from game week three. I mean, it's, it's just an amazing story of, of how these seasons evolve, right? You have uh, uh, Matt Ryan and goal. Okay, uh, who is now a who is now uh, at this point this season Arsenal's backup keeper, right? He was he was you know he went from from game week three starter to backup keeper for a completely different club. Um, you had Virgil Van Dyke who uh, did not keep keep his clean sheet um, at home to Arsenal. Apparently, I can't, I can't soon to be match. destroyed by Pickford. Yeah, you had uh, Remain Sace, who conceded four goals away to West Ham. This is before we knew West Ham was good. And Jimenez, you had it as well, who uh, picked up zero points that week because he had a very unfair, I still think, own goal. I think Suchek <laughs> should have received the goal on that and should have uh-huh. been an own goal. Um, you had you captain Kevin De Bruyne. You you have a thing in general where you fall in love with Man City, and it seems like every year it comes back. <laughs> yeah, to I do, <laughs> I do. And and listen, I feel like my eyes were open toward the end of the season. I was like, I don't need any of these players. Like not one. Yeah, they are just 
he is just going so deep now with the squad depth and he, he kind of did it the whole year. I mean, um, I was listening to a podcast. I, was, I think it was the second captains this morning. They were talking about who should win the manager of the league award. And they were, they, you know, I think they all, they all kind of ultimately came down to Bielsa and yeah. someone said, you know, Pep deserves all the credit in the world. He's done a great job this season, but he also was able to rotate out seven or eight players in every single match starting in January. And that's just a luxury that, that no, I mean, Liverpool like finished in third place with like paper and, paper and glue you know like i don't know how they did it it's a remarkable right i mean it reese yeah. williams and matt Phil- and, and nat phillips down the end just yeah. like you know hold things like- all right but anyway i'll go i want to go back to your team here so you have uh van dyke give dean they give mitchell uh and then foden so i mean right now i mean already looking at this right you got foden who's a punt mitchell who's a punt say it's a little bit of a punt matt ryan is a little bit of a punt you know, and so because I, I was I was genuinely uh, Timo Werner, who I think we could ultimately call a little bit of a punt too. Yeah, and you know, it's easy for me to look at your team. I'm sure mine wasn't didn't look that good this game week either. But just because we're talking about it, we're talking about a bad start. You know, I, I wonder if you're right, right? Because I mean, in your starting eleven, I see five punts. Right. Uh-huh. And, Guess what? Guess yeah. what? Too. This is a wild card team you're looking at. <laughs> it's right, wild card play. Right. So it's like it's also easy to look at Game Week 38 and you can laugh about it. But I mean, I think I think there is going to be said for. Um, I, I mean, yeah, because clearly uh, a real a 3.8 million start. I mean, I was because I was looking at your, um, you know, what happened. I think beginning Game Week. 11 or something. I'm not going to pull it up again here, but I think you had 16 green arrows in 18 game weeks. Right. Yeah. yeah. But because you were at 3.8 million, you were just kind of a grump for a lot of that scratch. (laughs) Right. Cause you kind of knew you weren't going to finish in the top 10 K. I mean, of course you can. And you always hear stories of people who are like, Oh, I was 6.9 million overall. And I finished, you know, uh, 2700. Can you believe it? You know, it's like, that is like a, that is a like hard. It's a miracle. To, yeah, it's a miracle. Yeah, it's very hard to thread that needle. You've got to be like our friend Jeremiah Johnson and just make crazy punts and yeah. you know have come off uh-huh. in the week and um you know and and burn eight all the time and get, get away with it. But you know, I think um I, I you know, but I, I mean, just looking at this, it's like yeah, that actually makes me think. I'm glad we pulled this 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 particular team up because. It makes me think, yeah, I, I, it, there is something to be said for being boring at the start. You don't have to stay there. You know, it's you, like you don't have to stay there for very long. And and I have I have said, you know, I, I did my own Joe Lepper meet the manager thing. And I, 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 I said it again, and it comes back to this optimism thing. You just have to get a week early on these players, you know, get a week early, get a week ahead of everybody else in Stuart Dallas, a week ahead of everybody else on, on, on Ilkay Gundogan, a week ahead of everybody else on X player. And that cumulative effect is the difference between winning or finishing yeah. fourth in your mini league. Yeah. You know, it's just that a yeah. little more optimism, you know, further to that. I don't think that we are advocating for being boring and dull and a sheep at no. the start of the season. Because the thing I think about always at the end of the season is what a shame it is that we have spent nine months, 38 game weeks accumulating all of this incredibly valuable knowledge. Like it takes us the whole season to get to a point where we can make comfortably smart decisions with our fantasy team. Come game week one, we're back to square one. We're starting from (laughs) scratch. So the, the most as boring as you can possibly be will only serve you because you need three or four or five or six weeks before you have the knowledge to actually start making those those uh, sword picks, those those picks that will give you that cutting edge. And there's no shame in basing your strategy on that. I mean, you're looking mm-hmm. at my wildcard team in game week three. I brought bought in a bunch of Wolves players. I didn't bring in any – I didn't have Harry Kane or Son, and that further tanked me. And right. I was impatient. 
I thought I had the knowledge and I didn't. And I was mm. going for these cutting ed- edge picks and, and it didn't work. So I, I think that is I think that's the right way to, to look at it. Um, yeah. um, as, as shameful as it might be going into game week one is like just just be a little patient. Yeah. And well, you were talking at the, at the start of the section, too, about about um, runs, a season of runs, you know, and, mm-hmm. and sort of DCL had a run and and Kane had a run and, you know, whatever. And it's like maybe. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, patience for sure. But also it's like. Like it's like clear your head, don't look at team reveals. Right. And just like think about like what is the story that the results are telling us right now? Yeah. Right. And it's like after three weeks or whatever. The story was that DCL is incredibly hot, you uh-huh. know, that and he's cheap. You should, you should bring him in your team. That Kane and Son are the entire attack for Spurs, and it's working, right? Yeah. You know, and it's like so. It's like yeah. that. It's, it's almost like you need to not know that Kevin De Bruyne is a is a great fantasy ass. You know, it's yeah. like it's like you almost have to like just be like, what is the story that I'm hearing right now? You know, and um, and it's hard to do. I mean, like you said, you know, it's like it's hard not to like have all this noise of many years of experience telling you whatever, you know, but, um, I think that's, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I now that I say it out loud, I feel like that's what I'm going to try to do more of now too, is it's like a, it's like a Zen thing, right? It's just like, <laughs> what are, what is this season telling me? Sometimes you don't know the answer, you know, it's like that's where the patience thing comes in. Like sometimes you just don't know how you're supposed to approach this season because it's just, it's just too chaotic. And, um, but every anyway, episode, you know, every episode next season, I'm going to try to tell you, Josh, what color the aura is of the game week. And I think that <laughs> yeah. might, might, might well, help. I wonder if that would be like a theme for next week's for next season's pod though. It's like, it's like, what, what did we like? Not like, what did we learn exactly? Cause that's kind of what we do just as a, in the podcast general, but like, but it's like, it's almost like an elevator pitch. Like, what did we, like, what did this game week just tell us? Yeah. You know, like irrespective of everything that we know about all of these players, you know, here's what we do. So Full House, right. That was a big uh, family situational comedy on national television here in the States. Yeah. I don't know if Full House travels around the world, but it's like the classic sitcom where every episode ends with a little soft music playing in the background and dad sits down with his daughter and says, okay, this is the moral of like, this is the problem we solved this episode. And this is yeah. what we learned from it. So I think at the end of each always cheating yeah. episode next season, we have to have a little music bed. Yeah. And then you sit me down on my bed and put your <laughs> arm around me and tell me what we learned. Uh, did that happen? Is that how Full House episodes ended? Bob in my mind, in, uh, in my mind, either that or uh, Uncle Jesse rides off in his motorcycle. One of the with two. The, yeah, he's got to go play a show with the Beach Boys. Right? <laughs> yeah, Co- <laughs> Hugh Kokomo. <laughs> Weirdly, that's the second time that Beach Boys Kokomo episodes come in like three days in conversation. I talked about Kate just a couple days ago. All right. So um, Anything else you want to say? Like, I mean, you know, I think this is kind of, I, I like that we talked about some actual strategy here. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that I'm, I'm actually glad that we didn't have notes because I think, um, I feel like I kind of got some ideas uh, for the summer. Let me ask you this. Are you looking forward to the Euros? Yeah, I am. I am because um, it's going to be pure watch and pure watches are great. Mm-hmm. And uh 
I do think that that we saw a level of energy and enthusiasm with the fans being back in the stands. I mean, most notably watching the FA Cup final. So getting that Euro action and and like the reason why these tournaments, be it the World Cup or the Euros um, or or on any continent, international tournaments, the the level of partisanship that you see in in the stands. I mean, yeah, go play play see Millwall play Ipswich. I don't know. I'm sure you're going to see uh, ungodly yeah. levels of partisanship, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm into it. Uh, so I think it's going to be. Um, something that it, you know, it's the methadone uh, for us FPL yeah. addicts. I don't want to go yeah. cold turkey. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. I know. I like that we're going to get a little drip, drip, drip the next few days. We got the Europa League final on Wednesday. You've got the Championship final on Saturday. The Champions League final later that day. Uh, the championship final should be kind of fun too. I mean, Swansea or Brentford, I'd be happy with either team. In the, in the uh, yeah, I I think even though as a Fulham supporter, I should not be rooting for Brentford because they are they are pretenders. Um, but I will be I will not be excited to see another IU brother back in the Premier League. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Brentford seems more fun. They're kind of like Leeds, where I feel like they've been sort of um, knocking on the door. Uh, mm-hmm. promotion for a while and yeah, yeah, yeah and they produced uh, fantastic players we got to enjoy this season i mean it was i i thought we were going to see more of ben rama this season but i i think yeah. i think moments we, late i guess yeah but ollie watkins uh, certainly came yeah. good so yeah i am i think i am actually going to be pulling for brentford in that one i'm going to be pulling for belgium in the euros because everybody knows that KDB is my beautiful baby boy, and mm-hmm. I want to see him happy. I want him. I want to see him lift the Champions League trophy yeah. and the Euro trophy and the Premier League trophy. That, that's too much. Hey, too much yeah, winning. The real trouble. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, that's a good question. I, I guess I'm. I'll be probably just pulling for England. We've got so many English friends um, just doing the podcast. So, uh, you know, especially if they, if they Trent makes that team. Are you kidding me? If they don't put Trent in that, like you're playing yourself, yeah. Gareth. Yeah, like well, they're never gonna have a set piece, you know, or a corner kick. <laughs> oh, don't like, worry, Eric Dyer can just sky yeah. the ball, uh, you know, Harry until the Kane, moon. Harry Kane can take those corners. Again. Oh God, I forgot about <laughs> that. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was, that was a long time ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny to think of Hodgson as the England manager. That's a, like that just feels like a dream. Like that actually happened, you know? So yeah, weird. and then Big Sam. The 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 only thing we <laughs> yes. learned from Big Sam's tenure was that he immediately renamed the Wi-Fi hotspot in uh, Wembley, a big, big Sam's Wi-Fi or something like that. <laughs> That's what, a, what a funny guy yeah. he is. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess just to put a little button on it, I will remember this season always for yeah. many reasons. And I think uh, it was a horrible season in terms of suffering through uh, a health, a global health crisis and no fans sure. in the stands. But um, I thought player protests for, uh, you know, equal rights and social justice was, was very great to see and, and yeah. really historic, I think. And, and also it was like through the challenges, I think, you know, the, the FPL community rose and met them and was a really positive force, um, more or less. So, um, I'm, I'm leaving this season with positive, good vibes. I am too. Um, I, for sure. Um, and 
Yeah, I mean, it was something to do, like having these benches <laughs> yeah, on all the to time. to put it bluntly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had long stretches of months at a time where I mean, we're all just home, you know. Mm-hmm. Winter, New York, nothing open, you know, like I never want to go through that again, right? Like, mm-hmm. like just like no, you can't go inside a store, you know. It's just like I did not want to experience that again. And so, yeah, having uh, just matches on all the time and something to talk about and chat with for people, I, you know, um, it, it sort of, yeah, I mean, it was sort of, um, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that we had it. I'm glad that we, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, I love being part of the, the community. It's funny. I just, I, you know, I talked about it earlier in the pod and I, I guess it sounded, made us sound like a sales pitch or something, but, um, I was just really, uh, cheered by, um, all of the stuff that happened on Slack, um, you know, with our community over the last yeah. couple of months and how, um, really cool it is to like, I mean, neither of us are like creative, I mean, you know, like we're not like writers, you know, we're not like, um, you know, the podcast is like as, as creative as we get, you know, mm-hmm. but to create anything that people enjoy and that has sort of spawned its own community. And then dead people kind of, it's like, it's like throwing a good party, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah <laughs> you know, and it's just like, you see conversations happen all over the place and you're like, well, that's great. You know, it's like, everyone's <laughs> just having fun. I don't need to like mess around and inject myself in every conversation. You know, it's just like people are having we, fun. We just get to walk around the FPL community asking people if they're good on drinks. Hey, you need anything? Yeah, you good? exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, that, that often happens on, on Twitter too. I feel like I, I come in too negative on Twitter, but I, I, I do enjoy it. I don't I, There's a lot of people that I really do like, um, like talking to on there, and um, you know, we we shut them out all the time in the pod, so mm-hmm. I, I won't do it again. But um, yeah, I'm you know, I'm excited in particular that Mark uh, from Scout, is, or, you know, formerly He's back. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, I don't know what his connection is anymore to tennis with Scout, but uh, at this point, but he is. Uh, but it's great to have him back uh, in the world um, and 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 talking a lot because I just think that he's he's kind of one of my fantasy heroes, and yeah. um, and then of course. Joe and, 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 um, people like Eric Freeman who, um, just keep things fun. He's kind of the embodiment yeah. of, and, and, and we live in the age of Krellum, Josh, yeah. don't forget well, about course. that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, Andy, I mean, there's just a lot of people that we really like and enjoy talking to. So, um, yeah, you know, I think next season we're going to try to keep mixing it up. We'll try to think about new strategies. I think we need to have more guests on. Um, that's, I would say if we have a weak spot for the podcast is that we don't have people on to sort of just give us a different voice and perspective on this pod. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it just comes down to laziness. It's a little harder to book things in the U S cause, uh, a lot of people, times we want to talk to people who are five hours apart from us, you know, yeah. but uh, I think we're going to try to make that happen a little more often, even if that just means, you know, we recorded a day before and have it in the can or something, yeah. um, you know, so. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. And and look for us on Locker Room. We've enjoyed doing live chats on the Locker Room app. If you have an iPhone, download that. We're going to be doing more chats in a, on a weekly basis throughout the summer just to keep in touch. And if you're not on iPhone, I, I think we're hoping to start dropping those Locker Room chats into the podcast feed so you can keep tabs on what we're up to. So yeah, yeah. Um, it won't be a full on a full stop for, for us, pod, for the podcast uh, next week. No. Yeah, exactly. We're going to keep, keep going in some, in some way, shape or form uh, all summer. So, but, but you know, effectively that we're, we're going to be taking about a month off and we'll be yeah. back, you know, as soon as the game uh, relaunches. So uh, we'll see you uh, most likely. Mo- we'll see most of you in uh, July. So have a great summer. Thank you to everyone who's listening to the podcast. Thanks to everyone who supports the podcast on Patreon. Brandon, do you want to do one final thank you to our producer patrons? Oh, I'd love to. Big thanks to Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, the Big Gaffer, Bob Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal. Congrats on third, Dave, you cheeky 
you cheeky bastard. Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skoging, Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lalang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch. If you need a, a prize for your mini league, check out at FPL Merch. Carrie Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue No Stew, Mikey Uong, our Patreon head-to-head champion, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Vernadakis, Sam Schauer, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Majoria, Ron Frosk, AJ, and Josh, do I have this right? Fly You Fools is back into the producer circle. That's right. He's back. Right. You're, he's back. You you thought you were rid of him, but you don't you don't have Fly You Fools to push around. He's he's back. So um uh yeah, thank you to the producers for making this such a fun season. And just so you never miss an episode, we're you know, we're gonna take a little bit of a break, as we said, but just subscribe to Always Cheating wherever you get fine podcasts. That way, whenever we're back, the episode will just pop up automatically. We're of course wherever you get podcasts. If you enjoyed this season, if we helped you win your work league or anything like that, you know, jump on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review for our trouble. We'd appreciate it. Of course, follow us wherever you get social media. Visit our website, alwayscheating.com, where you can get yourself your very own Make Fantasy Fun Again uh, red ball cap, you know, to uh, to cause all of your friends and relatives to do a double take and look at yeah. you, <laughs> look at you <laughs> a second or the third time. You're like, ah, it's fantasy related. You see? You see what I've done there? And um, all sorts of other yeah. cool swag, uh, always cheating related. It's alwayscheating.com. That's true, yeah. If you're looking for something to give the person who finished first in your mini league or something like that, or you just finished first and you're looking for something to get yourself. Um, and just uh, you know, one final note, the the Slack uh, never shuts down. So if you feel like talking football or, or talking about the Euros this summer or whatever, um, you can become a Patreon supporter anytime, even during the offseason. So patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go. Thank you for listening all season. Thank you, everyone, who stuck it out with us for, for all of these seasons with an yeah. S. So, um, yeah, we'll be back. Uh, I am already just knowing that we've got a month off. Makes you me feel already like, miss it, Josh. I know. No, I was going to say it already makes <laughs> me feel refreshed for next season. But I, I, I'm going to need that month to, yeah. to to feel that way. So you, um, me and yeah. Poku, we all need a break. Yeah. So we'll be back for season. God, we'll be season seven. That's crazy. We'll be back. <laughs> Lucky seven. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye.